back to another episode of the Keeper League podcast. Uh, we're the AFL Fantasy podcast that doesn't look at the superstars. We look at the lesser knowns and those that are going to make a point of difference in your Keeper League. My name is Hef and I'm joined by my co-host, Kays. How you going, mate? Good evening, Hef. Yourself? Yeah, not too bad, mate. Uh, have a good weekend. Yes, pretty good. Uh, kind of overindulged in a few things. So oh, beers? Uh, beers, uh, lots of meat. So uh, I'm hoping this kombucha saves my uh, growing indigestion. So your, your gut health this My week. gut health. Uh, yeah. I'm in very much in need of some raspberry lemonade kombucha. Yeah, I think it's a, it's a, it's a good week for it, I think. Uh, I had a weekend off the beers um, and um, probably I plan to have a few more after my, um, my hit out a few weeks ago. So mm. uh, these really got me through the weekend where I was really craving a beer. I just had a few kombuchas in the fridge, cracked a few and helped me get through. So great alternative. Very nice. Well, I hope this uh, does its does its thing. So, thank you, Remedy, for yes, potentially healing me. Straight off the bat, we're into the Remedy plug. It's just getting earlier and earlier in the podcast these days. Oh, uh, like honestly, like I have never felt shitter at work today. And <laughs> yeah, I just right. like <laughs> I need some quick ease or something. So hopefully, yeah, hopefully the uh, the, the good stuff here helps me out. All right, watch much footy over the weekend? Um, yes, uh, bit on Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Uh, sorry, Thursday as well. I should say. What was your highlight of the week, mate? My highlight of the week. Favourite player, favourite fantasy player. Who's your Well, obviously, your we don't really have to team. go into my favourite fantasy player. Is it going to be Jack Bowes? No. Oh, who was it? Well, he, he came back from the Tim dead. English, he, actually. He got some real good junk time stuff. Uh, no, my, my side performed admirably. Uh, actually got the win in both leagues. I bet you in the podcasters league because it seems oh. you just forgot to <laughs> check your team. <laughs> I had a donut. I think I would have actually beaten you anyway, so I feel good about yeah, that. But um, uh, obviously, Callum Mills is the story. Yeah. So, oh, of course, yeah, yeah. Um, but uh, no, it was good. We were I was, uh, having a few beers Saturday night, watched the Isaac Rankin show. Oh, geez, how good that! And uh, yeah, he's a he's a star. And obviously, uh, it was good to see the Dons get a win and yeah, put it in the top four. My highlights. We'll talk about I guess these players uh, later on the show. But a few of the um, debutants this weekend. Mm. Two of them that I own that I was really happy with. Mm-hmm. And there was a third one as well. But um, uh, Dylan Stevens, very happy with his debut, and Very also classy. Will Day, who I've also yeah. so Dylan Stevens. I got my list. Will Day, I've got my rookie list. So it's a free swing for next three years I don't have to use him as a keeper very nice like that one uh, Brayden Ainsworth was another one that was happy he debuted and hopefully holds his spot because I want to see more of him mm. as well but enough chatting about our teams Kays let's move on to the round rewind <laughs> On to the round rewind, the segment where we review all the weekend's games and point out some fantasy scorers that might be value to your keeper leagues. Kays, you had a look at the Geelong versus Brisbane game. I did. Seems so long ago now, but geez, it was a basically a game of two halves. I thought uh, halftime it would almost be switch it off and uh, Brisbane would run away with it by 10 goals, but uh, they basically stopped and Geelong played some really good footy. And uh, a few guys who, who put their hand up for some uh, keeper league time this week for the Cats, obviously Sam Simpson, uh, kind of came from nowhere. Like yeah. um, <clears throat> We had a few questions about him uh, on Twitter. Well, I did. Um, someone said, should I go Sam Simpson or Isaac Rankin? I said, go Sam Simpson. Why? What was your backing on that? Uh, obviously, I don't – I'll talk about Rankin a bit later in the game, but I, as I do think with Rankin, he's a bit more of a um, – quality over quantity but he you know, obviously kicked three goals which helped his scoring on the uh, weekend but Sam Simpson I think just that bigger body uh, you know you know he's VFL ready like you know his, his stats in the VFL last year were only when he averaged 78 with two tons so nothing 
ridiculous. But, you know, I kind of banked him to kind of come in and get a 60 or 70, but obviously I overproduced and got that 100. Yeah, now I'm thinking of it. I was thinking I'd probably go ranking, but I was more so thinking of this season and job security. But mm. I think we've got to remember I'm playing key. I'm too caught up in my fantasy yes. um, ranking at the moment. Um, but I think playing key for leagues, he's probably a good option going forward. He does have the potential to be a big scorer, as he showed mm. on the weekend. Well, yeah, he's got that range, or not ranger. He's just a big, big body like mid. So he's he was a just, unit. He was everywhere. 27 touches, six marks and five tackles is very good. And as I said, like his his size is very conducive to AFL footy. You know, we see like the five types who are just huge and, and get around the ground. But when I actually wrote my notes on Friday morning, he was only 4% owned. I think he's jumped up about 30% yeah. uh, over the weekend, which is obviously understandable. Uh, probably aided a bit by Duncan and Narkel going down um, and just kind of kept accumulating uh, stats through that midfield. So uh, you obviously think he'll be keeping his spot going forward, uh, especially in the whole hub, hub kind of thing. And he did play well. So uh, just be interesting to see, you know, when a few more people come into that side and, you know, yeah. there's not injuries, whether he's going to go back to that score, I don't think. But I still think he could probably pop out a, you know, a 60 or 70 this week if, yeah. uh, if he gets the, the same kind of role. Thinking the same. No doubt he'll play next week. But when Duncan Narkel do come back mm. of the like, will he keep projecting the same numbers? Will he hold his spot? Yeah. It's his third season in the comp, isn't it? Yeah. Third? Yeah. So yeah. it's breakout year. Yeah. Well, everything lines up perfectly, doesn't it? It does. All right, let's really move does. on. Uh, Tomahawk, 99 points for him. He's really enjoying a purple patch of form. Back-to-back 90s for him. But uh, while he's kicking goals, he's actually really working hard too. I think you talked about it uh, with Dixon last week. Like Tomahawk's averaging 15 touches and seven marks in the last three games. So he's getting up the ground, uh, laid five tackles on Thursday. Um, and look, his his lowest score of this year is only 43. Now, I know that's not massive, but it's still a you know a 50-odd um, non-corona. So it's far from disgraceful as your you know, last forward, really. Uh, the Cats look strong, and I think uh, he's probably one you could look to to bring in for your side if you're contending this year because Cats are going well. He's kicking goals. He's, he's looking fit. He's looking hungry. Uh, just kind of as a stable player who's you know not really going to bottom out too much. And if he kicks a couple of goals, he's going to be pushing towards that 80-90. You know, he's almost 2G4P for mine. Like last year, he was <coughs> definitely. Yeah. He's one that's come back to the pod, BCP. Just more on his age, he kind of floats back in because people start to, you know, yeah. he's one that kind of always pops up in, in drafts, you know, for keeper league redrafts, that yeah, kind of thing. Yeah, he's usually there, so, isn't he? Yeah. Um, and he is trade- he's a tradable commodity, so it might be interesting to see if he gets uh, shuffled around a few clubs at the moment. Now, Case, two weeks ago you were talking about mm. a guy that you said would be a sneaky little flyer yes. pick up off the waiver, and yes. he delivered a donut. But what happened this week? Uh, he had 53, but shit, he who was we, basically- Who are we talking oh, about? Sorry, I'm talking about Marco Connor. <laughs> we yeah. should all know this as- yeah. you know, yeah, uh, avid listeners of the pod, but uh, look, had that hundred a couple of weeks ago, and then a forty-five last week, and you know, fifty-three this week's not massive, but he was the leading point scorer at quarter time when his uh, side was under siege, and then he only scored five points from half time on. And in his defence, it didn't actually spend much time in the Cats' backline. Like, yeah, he wasn't even really required in that last uh, that last half. But when it was down there a lot, he was um, you know getting a fair bit of it, and he took a lot of kickouts, which is very interesting considering that Zach Tui's back there. Now we know that. Um, Tommy Stewart's out for a while and uh, look I think 43% owned he's he's definitely like quality backup or serviceable or or even this week uh, could be uh, loopholeable in your side interestingly he's actually in the Geelong leadership squad too which uh, I forgot about at the start of the year but they obviously rate him highly as a leader and you know a key member of their team so uh, I don't think he's going anywhere in terms of his uh, his role at the club but it's just going to be interesting to see if he can you know start picking up a few more scores going forward yeah I was rubbing my hands together at half time I was like beauty case we got one good call here mm. and I didn't actually check his score in the game and then I realised it was only 53 just then yeah. so I was expecting him to go huge well yeah as I yeah. said he was 45 at 
at half time. Yeah, and yeah. Then just uh, hardly hardly touched the ball, but he nah, didn't I really s- go down there. I still reckon you're onto something here. I think he's he's building. Yep. Uh, last one for the Cats was Big Sav Radagalea. He had 55 points. Look, he's gone mid 50s in his last three to four games, and he's kind of becoming that real hybrid. Uh, potentially, you know, your last forward or an R2 if you're playing two two rucks in your league. Uh, look, had 10 marks, four touch, uh, four marks, 10 touches, four marks, five hitouts, uh, three or four tackles and a snag. Now, Geelong love him. Um, and I'm just getting the feeling with someone like him, it won't surprise me if he really takes the game by the scruff of the neck, potentially not being a massive fantasy star. But I reckon he's probably got a 100-point game in him this year if he really, you know, gets a hold of the, the footy and uh, kicks a few, has a few hitouts, etc. And, and he lays the tackles, which is good for a big guy. Yeah, not a bad game for the big fella, but I don't know. One of his one of his better games, I think, and I don't think you're going to get too much more from him than this, that's all. I think he's he's around the mark, but yeah, I, I'm not, not too excited. But If I he gets he, more he, time he, in the ruck, eventually he could go, right? Because he's quite surprise. athletic and yeah, he can get around the ground yeah. a bit. Anyway. On to the Lions who were very, very stinky in the last half. Uh, Cam Rayner had 77 points, 12 touches, six marks, five tackles and two goals. Now, he was okay. And obviously those two goals, two goals did help his score. And look, he did attend a few CBAs, but to me, he doesn't really influence the game from that, that midfield position. So I kind of worry about him becoming a, a genuine fantasy star going forward or, you know, I could be proven wrong, but I just don't think that, um, you know, him, him him as a midfielder is really, you know, taking at AFL level. For me, he's that forward player, which potentially isn't a, a bad, you know, position if you're going to keep drafting him or, or picking him up. But I think that was one of his better games and I just don't think it's going to be uh, a common thing. I, know, I, I think if Brisbane were smart, they'd trade him. Definitely watch over the next few weeks. I know they're um, they're wingers, but uh, Robinson and McCluggage getting in- injured this mm-hmm. week, I think might have attributed to a little bit of a bump, just the way they might have reshuffled there. So definitely watch if those guys are going to miss or going to be a bit sore. They might rely on him a bit more in the midfield. Yeah. So it could be a nice little buy low if you can now, um, especially if you need to smash in a few wins before finals times. I'm playing a league case, just off topic. I'm playing a league case. Mm-hmm. We play each other once and then we're going into finals. So we've got right. eight teams in the league. We're, our finals are in like three weeks. Really? It's ridiculous. So yeah. your season just finishes like... What, we're, what we've kind of done is we've incorporated like cup games and things like that though as well. So we had right. a cup get cup round on the weekend, which was kind of cool. Mm. Um, so um, my team's not going great. I think it's in the in the four just, but the, I'm into the semifinals of the cup, so that's good fun. Awesome. But anyway, we just kind of made it some Must random be, shit for this league. So, so proud. just interesting though. Interesting that, um, yeah, that the, the some leagues are kind of getting halfway to the halfway point really. Well, yeah, we're halfway of ours. Yeah, yeah. I was looking at that yeah. today, but you know... Um, yeah, it's getting to the crunch time for a few teams. And uh, lastly for the uh, Lions, Calamar Chi, 55 points for him, uh, 15 touches and four tackles. He's, he's averaging just uh, about 40, 48 this season. Uh, does some okay things from that back line kind of wing. But I think the only reason I'm bringing him up is I think he's got some back potential to be added this week. Now, he's the mid only, which kind of, for me, makes him a, a no-go. But uh, if he can get that sneaky back ad, which he probably should, I uh, think he could become rosterable. Uh, he's doing enough right in terms of his run and carry off the back line his disposal sometimes lets him down but look he's, he's getting a game in that Brisbane side which does um, you know say some good stuff but only 34% owned if he does get the back out he kind of becomes an interesting interesting play for me going forward alright we'll move on to Collingwood versus Hawthorne a game I had a look at uh, the first player I'm going to talk about is Darcy Moore so he had 80 points on the weekend uh, playing at centre half back he's in great form really he's kind of all Australian form mm-hmm. with kind of Harris Andrews didn't have the greatest uh, game last week but before last week he was looking like he was pretty much in. Um, so, yeah, in really good form, 80 points, but he's only averaging 54 this season. Mm-hmm. Just with the role he plays, I know a lot of people are high on him at the moment. Because we're playing keeper leagues, if, mm-hmm. it, was a, if it was a single season league, I'd be, yep, sure, take the punt. But 
just how often do you see key defenders go, you know, average that 80 plus two, three, four years in a row? You kind of get guys that pop up every now and then and you get guys, um, you know, blokes like Hurley that get close every year and stuff yeah. like that um, around the mark. But it's just not – I just don't find them consistent enough from a year-to-year perspective to rely yeah. on. Yeah, Hurley's kind of an, an exception to the rule. And even, he, enough, even he, though, like he still struggles to get to that 80. I reckon. Yeah. Like it's high 70s usually or yeah. around that mark. Uh, it relies on taking a lot of, you know, intercept marks and getting a lot of cheap kicks and marks and stuff in the back line. So, yeah. depends on the style of play. You know, I think there's a – I did thought there might have been a natural bump for more with how going out. And there, there has been a slight increase. But, um, yeah, as you said, look, it's probably not going to be a – I don't think you'd keep him going forward at this stage. Nah, definitely. Nah. Uh, Brody Majacek, uh, he had 74 points. Just a great game for him mm-hmm. uh, fantasy-wise. When he kicks goals, he scores well. And Collingwood do tend to kick goals yes. um, just as a, one of the better sides in the comp. Well, most of the time, sometimes they have some <laughs> down weeks. But, uh, look, he's a great streamer. Um, we've said this a million times, but he's definitely one to get on board if you think uh, that, uh, you know, for example, Hawthorne probably have an ageing slow uh, mm-hmm. key defenders or McAvoy who turns like a truck and uh, <laughs> Frawley and that. So, uh, yeah, I think if you come up against some slower um, key defenders. I think he goes all right scoring against those guys. So just one to consider as a streamer. Uh, Rupert Wheels had 69 points and 10 CBAs last week. So he was killing it in the midfield early. Did a classic Rupert Wheels and just died in the ass and could only manage uh, 69% time on ground. But his point per minute number, are, they're great. All right. Yeah. So um, yeah, if you can get him in, the 69 points, you know, the kind of uh, pre corona mm-hmm. and uh, 80 90 around that mark. So mm-hmm. um, 85 90 around that mark. So he's definitely a good one to have this season. He seems to be like he's won his way into the Collingwood side as well. I'm not sure how much that is weighted on uh, a few suspensions and things like that, but definitely one to consider at the moment. Well, he's holding, you know, Braden Sire out and a few other guys who, you know, you kind of think would be around the mark. Yeah. Um, you know, he's, he's that hard in and under. And at this stage, and this this season's been very interesting in terms of, you know, it's been very stop-start, very contested, very congested, and that's probably uh, something that goes to Rupert Wills' game. So, probably need uh, players like that in each side. So, it probably helps that uh, the season's looking like that at the moment. Yeah, for sure. Uh, moving on to Matt Sharonberg. Um, he had 64 points and he really is kind of like the perfect fantasy halfback flanker. Just can't stay fit, really, because he scores mm. so well when he does play and plays the right type of game. Uh, left the game uh, late in the game with a rib injury this week. Hopefully, it's not too much. I know he's had, what, three knee recos now, so yeah. he doesn't really bode well. He's not the kind of, you know, he's made of paper, really. But, um, yeah, we'll wait and see how it goes. Yeah, probably only one that – I do like him and you can all, you could definitely take a risk on him each year in a in – a, top up but I don't think you'd ever one keep him but if it's a single season draft year I think you can probably you know pick him off of the, up off the waiver wire and yeah. just you know and play with him week to week if you want a defender for the rest of the season like you're lacking one he's one to think about if mm-hmm. he can stay fit so oh yeah yeah uh, moving on to some Hawthorne players I'm going to talk about one of your boys we actually got uh, called up on or pointed out that we say your boy a lot on this podcast uh, this week and it's because we have how three. many how many boys are you allowed to have well the thing is I think because we have three keeper leagues well at least three I think I've got mm. four um, three keeper, keeper leagues each that we play in you know we keep deep as well there's a fair chance that someone's going to be on our list somewhere along the mm. line and then they become our boys if they're on our list that's mainly what we're referring to I think I just, yeah well Morrison was on mine you know I dropped him you know I like I talked about uh, you know beast mode for a while he's been dropped he's you know obviously doesn't play AFL anymore you know but you say, know yeah. but uh you know you kind of come in and out of uh people that you love uh, some stay forever, aka Jack Bowes. But you know, um, you know Harry Morrison. He needed to work a bit harder to uh, stay on my list last year, and you know, 
And it's good to see that he's finally getting some points. Anyway, enough about your boy. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> let's look, uh, let's have a look, look at him. Uh, Eighty-one points this weekend, and, and he was great for Hawthorne. Really, he really stood out for me. Um, wearing number one, I just I don't know. I just he just always seemed to be in front of my eyes when he um, throughout this game. So um, playing that kind of defensive, um, you know, halfback rebounding defender had seven disposals, nine marks. Um, do you reckon you win a year early on him, Case? I don't know. Maybe. Uh, probably two years early on him. Really. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. I don't know. He kind of has one of those games, like you know, when he kind of first broke out. Probably three or four years ago uh, played a really good last couple of games of the wait, season wait, wait. for Hawthorne. He's broken out? Not broken out. So when he first came to- <laughs> Came on uh, the scene. Came on the scene, I should say. Yeah. Uh, had some really good games till back end of a, a season and then just kind of never really got going again. So uh, good to see him getting that role. I think that he's most damaging off the halfback flank, but uh, you know, at times over the last year, they have kind of played him out of position in my opinion. Yeah. All right, we'll move on. I'm not going to say it. I'm going to say another player that you own. I'm not going to use it. the other term. <laughs> don't yeah. say it. Don't say it. Don't say it. Um, Blake, Blake Hardwick. Blake Hardwick. Uh, 73 points. Uh, been up and down this year. Um, mm-hmm. Averaging 51 this season. So, he had a good game on the weekend, obviously. Um, took yeah. a lot of kickouts. But that 80, that 51 average really bump, bugs me because there's three mm-hmm. scores that scores there below 45. Yeah. So, the other, the other two were over 70. Um, yeah. So, in the 70. So, it's yeah. not too bad. But, yeah, like I said, he takes kickouts. He's trustworthy enough like, well, like that's what I'm trying to get to the bottom of. Is he trustworthy enough to actually field each week, or is he a streamer? No, he's he's a he's a loopholer. Like yeah, I'm okay. finding the same thing with him. I've got Hardwick in one leg, and I've got Duggan in another leg. And Duggan is the same. Where like he's you know he had a 77 on the weekend, played pretty well. Yeah. But you know like he could bust out a 45, and then that you know in a tight season it can be the difference between winning and losing. So there's a few guys in this of this ilk, these kind of halfback flank types who are you know, a bit of a tease at the moment. I just want to see a bit more, you know, like Bailey Williams, Hayden Krasia. There's so many other guys who are, geez, the loophole thing is a thing of beauty this year. Yeah, especially if you're playing the rolling lockout yeah. like us. Yes. It's uh, good fun. You just, what you're putting, you're putting Hardwick, yeah. on, whoever think, plays first Hardwick, out Hardwick yeah. and Duggan and yeah. see how they go. I think yeah. Hardwick's going to be a great player or a very good fantasy player. He's he's obviously come in to this season underdone with the, the injury he had in the preseason. So, um I'd be very forgiving of him this year in terms of a keeper uh, sense and uh, I'd probably be holding on to him heading into next year. All right, moving on to Ben McAvoy. So he had 62 points. He was moved around all over the park in this game. Started defence, then moved forward, kicked a goal up there, spent some time on the ruck as well. Um, had more hitouts than Segler, which I thought was interesting. Um, if he keeps his form, he's going to be interesting considering he's listed as, listed as a defender. Mm. As a ruck, surely you've got a better ruck that you can play, surely, unless you're not unless you're the worst coach in the world. But we won't dive into that too no. far. Um, no, no, names <laughs> but uh yeah look surely got a better ruckman but if he's a defender he's definitely fieldable at the moment as a defender yeah he is um but once again he's been you know hot and cold you know yeah. he had the seven point game and then went into a you know oh, seven he's been, been so, shit to the last two weeks yeah. but there's a clear difference in his role he's not staying mm. well not really because he still starts in defense but, but who the hell knows around. what clarko is going to do to him yeah like, he's just he's getting clarko i think though it's clear that he's not a defender's asshole really so no. He's being put elsewhere. But then it's who's the most important Ruckman for their side and then who do they play favourites and then does he end up getting chopped? You know, yeah. I don't know. It's, I think, it's just messy. I think by the end of the year, we're going to see him in a pretty consistent Ruck forward role. I think if you've got him, you're probably having to start him, but I don't think anyone's going to try and get him off you. It's just weird because the David Hale, Ben McAvoy setup worked so well for Hawthorne for so long. Why wouldn't you just continue it with Segler and McAvoy? But as the game moved beyond that, I don't know. Uh, We'll talk about Will Day, another player I mentioned earlier, but he had 58 points, um, 16 disposals, two marks, two tackles. Just a great fantasy debut for the young Mm. fella, I reckon. Um, Hopefully he's done enough to hold his spot this week as well. He averaged 103.2 in the Sample under-18s last year, so he got fantasy pedal. 
pedigree there. Mm-hmm. There was not a lot of players actually in the whole draft crop that played a lot of senior footy. So we've really only got junior numbers to compare yeah. to, except for a handful of sample guys and one waffle player. I can't remember who it was. It was Jeremy Sharp. Yeah, it was Sharp. You're right. Um, yeah, so they're the only ones who played seniors. So out of the junior numbers, he's one of the better uh, junior fantasy scorers mm-hmm. as well. So definitely put him in your black book um, mm-hmm. if he's still available in your keeper pool, uh, waiver pool, which he almost was with us because he went really late in our draft. Mm-hmm. Um, definitely wanted to snap up. All right, another game I watched, uh, Fremantle versus St Kilda, and I'm super pumped to talk about this guy for two weeks in a row, the guy who topped the scoring for the winning team, Fremantle. That guy is Andrew Brayshaw. You sounded so disappointed about that. Well, you can tell me about him. <laughs> I can tell you. Uh, I'll tell you all about it. Don't you worry. Okay. <laughs> 87, Go for it. 87 points Brayshaw scored. Um, and this is with Fife in the side, although severely, severely, severely underdone. Not How underdone? Didn't get out of the forward half in the second half. So, jury's yeah. still out on Brayshaw. Definitely. But look, we're wondering, could he be the big dog in the midfield from now on? So, he had 10 centre bounces. He's too small to be a big dog. Well, wait up. Just the guy in the midfield is what I mean. Uh, 10 centre bounce tennises uh, this week. And he only had seven last week, so he's up a little bit. He's building. Fife and uh, Walters, the, this is my thinking. So, Fife and Walters, even when they fit, they're the guys who are going to get attention before he does. He's mm-hmm. always going to be the third string. I've got a little sneaky here, Case. Is he 2G4P? <laughs> <laughs> it's back-to-back big scores. Oh, well done. He's done two good things in three years of football. Well <laughs> I thought, done, I thought I'd try to sneak it in there. No, I want to see some consistency. I want, I want another two games at least, and I want Fife in the midfield then. You know, you can't just go, oh, the best player in the competition is not in the midfield and, you know, he's taking all the time. What do you have? Did he even – he only had 10 CBAs, five had 11. So, you yeah. know, they're showing around. Sarong had 11. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Sarong is definitely going to be the – is a guy they're trying to get into there, which does concern me a little bit. But he's definitely seeing a bump at the moment, even with, you know, Fife in the side, albeit not playing – at 100%, I don't think. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'll move on anyway. But uh, definitely, he's looking good at the moment. So, I think every Brayshaw fan out there, give me a tweet uh, at hef underscore KL. If you're on Team Brayshaw, just let me know about it. Let's get around him together. All right. Uh, Matt Tabernar, 73 points, uh, playing up forward. Uh, can lead up high as well to get kicks is what I like about him. Doesn't have to stay home to kind of and you know kick goals to um, you know score points. So, I like him. I reckon he's really worth owning if you've got him available in your league. Yeah. Uh, we look, go looking back last year, and I think I only played a handful of games last year, but with the when you took out all the guys who lost DPP this year, um, he was one of the top 10 scorers mm. of last year. Yeah. So, um, definitely one to consider. Uh, top 10 forwards, sorry, that is. Uh, James Aish moving on, 72 points. Uh, Gun. 18 disposals, seven marks. Just starting to find some consistency on that wing. Mm-hmm. If he keeps this up, he'll be 2G4P before long, I reckon. Mm-hmm. Not not as a superstar, but just like he's just going to be owned in every league, so there's no point talking about it. And just honest as days long, you know? Yeah, yeah. I agree. Uh, Lockie Schultz, uh, he had 62 points. Um, kicked two goals, which includes a match winner. I'm sure you get some sort of super coach bump for that, but I never played super coach. So, I don't know. Maybe next year, invite me to a league and I might play in it and just think it up there. Uh, not my radar, though, just as that kind of small general forward mm-hmm. as well. Um, just not one for mine. Um, but Blake Akers is a guy I do like. So, he had 55 points on his first game for Fremantle. Uh, 11 touches, 7 marks. And I thought it was good that he actually got that wing roll. I wasn't sure how that would pan out because um, there is a few that play a similar type role but I think we just saw naturally Darcy Tucker move back into the midfield yeah. uh, from last year uh, last week so um, but yeah not a bad ret- uh, return for his uh, first game considering the amount of time he's had out as well mm. so I reckon he'll only get better from there yeah definitely uh, St Kilda uh, Callum Wilkie is the first one I talk about he has 63 points um, in defence he made some really nice runs and was getting some uh, you know getting some possessions uh, high up on the wing and uh, starting a bit of drive from their half back line but uh, look 18 possessions 14 kicks that's a good ratio my issue with him though is well he has to lock down a fair bit as well yeah so 
like watch just in case his role is changing. I'm thinking that maybe they're trying to use him more um, as a running defender. So just keep your eye on him over the next few weeks to see if anything changes there because it could be interesting. He just seems like the bigger guy in their back line, which, you know, yeah. can affect the scoring. Um, and it depends on the matchups as well, mm. I think, as well. Um, with Fremantle not playing a huge forward line, especially with uh, Darcy going down early, he was sitting up there a bit before. Yeah, I think right. it just freed him up a little bit too. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, just keep your eye on him just in case there is a role change there. Uh, Tim Membry, uh, 74 points, uh, three goals. Worth owning for when he produces games like this. He's a great streamer um, and slash a bench option if you've got the loophole, especially with his rolling lockout. So he's a one I really like. Uh, Josh Battle, I don't actually have his fantasy score written here, but from memory it was, I'm going to go with 64. Something 67, like that. Oh, I think. Oh, it's close, 67. Yeah. Uh, 14 possessions, like started forward, but uh, swung around again. Uh, spent a bit of time in defence and the second ruck had a few CBAs. Did he have one? Couple. Yeah. yeah, a couple. Then he rucked around the ground. Um, then, uh, look, I'm loving the look of him at the moment though. The interesting thing is like, what do you think is going to happen in terms of DPP? The, is he still the only defender this year? Yep, at this so stage. is he going to get forward status or ruck status? Definitely forward status. You need more than what's he had. Uh, two. He's had five hitouts in yeah. three games. And well, he's, he's going but he's in kicked there. two goals. Yeah. Two so goals, two. Yeah. He is a uh, DPP option, I think. Uh, and he might be someone, if you need a forward, I think he's still, I don't know how available he is on waiver wise. I think he's still around the mark. Um, if he's under no, 60, he's gone bananas now. Oh, I just checked that. Then he's 86% owned. No, no way. People though. are getting on board the battle train. Especially if he gets a four start as well. It just gives that versatility oh, yeah. oh, there yeah. as well. All right, moving on to my third game in a row. Watch, I pretty much just spent all Saturday watching footy. It was sweet. Um, Adelaide versus West Coast. This would have been a great game to watch. Oh, yeah. Real rip snorter. Um, had to battle to stay awake. No, I, I enjoyed it. It's, it's like every game I love because I've generally got fantasy players in this game. For me, it was uh, Braden Ainsworth. I was pretty keen to watch um, as well just to get around that guy. I want another guy on my rookie list, so you know, I had fun. Um, Oscar Allen's the first guy I want to talk about. He had 85 points, and I just want to say we told you so. Yes. Um, the Wave Wire podcast last week with Doss and then my streamer article, I was talking him up, just playing against the Crows, I said. 15 disposals, five marks and a goal. Um, look, even though it was this game against the Crows, I still think he's worth owning. So the backup ruck, he's got that kind of forward backup ruck kind of locked down, uh, playing second fiddle to Nick Nat Nui in there. They're not going to bring uh, Hickey in anymore, I don't think. So I think that gets him around the ground, around the ball, and racks up a few more touches there. Um, but yeah, look, he's looking pretty good up forward. The other thing as well, just with Darling and Kenny in the side, he gets the least amount of attention up there. Mm-hmm. So he's in a really good spot where he can kind of fly under the radar and get points. So I like him. For sure. All right, Liam Duggan, one of your players, Case. Mm-hmm. He's not my boy. He's <laughs> no, definitely not my boy. No, He's not, just in my side. We're not saying that yes. anymore. No. Uh, yeah, unless they are my boy. Yeah, unless they're yes. like Jack Bowes, basically. Yes, correct. Who's 2G4P, so does Correct. Uh, 77 points, uh, seven disposals, seven marks. Like He was the player like making the runs up the field off the Good. halfback line. Good. So, I don't know, like... There's there's so many of these defenders like this. You got mm-hmm. Hearn, who's not really doing it as much as before. Shepard mm-hmm. does get up a bit, but he was the one they seem to be kind of using with the ball in hand and kind of making the runs up the field, making the plays. So we're talking about it being, being a tease case, but do you mm. think he's turned the corner this season? Without seeing the game on the weekend, which I wish I actually saw some of this because it would get me very excited. Uh, hopefully, you know, like I, you know, Shannon Hearn, this could potentially be his last year, depending on how West Coast go, etc. He's about thirty one, thirty two. Um, it seems that Duggan's some, getting some of that responsibility that he wasn't getting, you know, last year with uh, with Hearn really dominating. So I think he's one that is almost the the next in line from the the Shepherds and the the Hearns there. So I think that he could be uh, he could just come out of nowhere and become that uh, West Coast attacking halfback. Well, exciting times for Duggan owners. Keep your eyes on him. Yes, uh, Jackson Nelson. He had sixty six points and he plays a variety of roles for West Coast. But you know, the the thing that worries me, he gets the lockdown defender role at times, but he can play at the ground a little bit. He's not high on my radar. Just too many mouths to 
feed with, like I said before, Doug mm-hmm. and Hearn, Shepard, mm-hmm. all those kind of guys. But, you know, good game. One to kind of pique your interest a little bit and, you know, we'll monitor over the next few weeks for you and see what we think. Uh, for the Crows, uh, again, not a lot here. There's one guy I'm actually pretty keen to talk about and that's Tom Duday. Um, 86 points. He had 20 disposals by foot. No, sorry, 20 disposals, 15 by foot, which Very is still nice. a great ratio. Very nice Had 11 ratio. marks, though, and we kind of keep spruiking this up. So mm-hmm. get on this guy because, um, you know, with Talia and McKasey in the side, or McKasey, sorry, um, in the side, he gets to kind of play a, a Nick Haynes-type role, I reckon, mm-hmm. where he just takes lots of marks and kind of is, you know, the general and that defender and kind of controls the play a bit. So yep. I reckon he could. I could see him turning into a, a player like that. So yep. keep your eye on I, him, I think. Yeah. I think a lot of people are pretty hot on him, so yeah. it's not really any surprise, but I, he's just doing some really good things in a Pretty, pretty average year for the Crows. Uh, one more Crows player we'll mention just briefly. Uh, Jake Kelly, he had 62 points, uh, 10 disposals, which were all by foot. Oh, I really like that kind of ratio, 100%. Mm-hmm. Um, but look, has to play two defensive at times for my liking, so not on my radar, but good game from Jake Kelly. Nice. Right, now it's my time to get stuck in. Uh, Gold Coast versus Melbourne. Now, we've got to start off with uh, Isaac Rankin. 65 points from him and heck, it was a special debut. Um, that first goal he kicked with his first goal was uh, something else. Exciting to watch. Yeah. Uh, 12 touches, one mark, three tackles and three goals, three. So, potentially could have been anything. Now, now, my biggest knock on him is the quality over quantity. So, yes, 65 is a bloody ripping debut, uh, both real and fantasy. But uh, when you take that 39 of his 65 points were scoring related, uh, I know he's a small forward, so it's what they're supposed to do. But I'm just worried that he might have a few more quieter games if the, the ball's not coming to him as much. Now, I'm happy to be proven wrong here, but uh, from what we've seen over the last kind of 12 to 24 months with him, um, you know, his scores aren't necessarily going to be huge all the time. Now, he's going to be a star. I'm just a bit cautious still on his fantasy concern. No, I agree 100%. Um, I don't think he's going to be a great fantasy player going forward. But this year in your fantasy classic sides, because of his job security, I think he's going to be one you want to pick up there. Keep league, I don't think he's going to get to the lofty heights of, you know, be a 90-plus average forward or anything like that. I think by the end of the year, there'll be people who have him now who will keep him because of the name and the potential excitement. But uh, I don't know if I'll be holding on to him. Did get the rising star. I just got the uh, email from Gold Coast uh, as a Gold Coast (laughs) member. They sent it through pretty proud. You're a, you're a bombers man, mate. What are you doing? Signing a bombers quarter. Uh, we'll find out hopefully in the pod next week. Where okay. I've signed up as a Gold Coast member. Okay. Um, no, nah, nah, look, I do like him. I just yeah, it's just reiterating what we just said. He's going to be that type of player who's probably going to be all Australian one day as mm-hmm. a small forward, but never going to be a huge fantasy scorer. I don't think. Yeah. But I could be wrong. Who knows? Um, Noah Anderson, 57 points from him. Uh, another really solid game from him. Uh, 17 touches and three tackles uh, from only 70% game time. So uh, that's not too bad considering. Uh, um, you know, opportunity, I suppose. I didn't really see much uh, midfield time there. It was kind of taken up with David Swallow and uh, Hugh Greenwood, the likes, even Lockie Weller was in there. So um, I was hoping for a bit of that midfield time that potentially, um, or the CBA time, I should say, that uh, Rao was giving, but didn't really come to fruition there. And there's a few other guys for Gold Coast who are, you know, kind of keeper leg related who have been a bit down over the last few weeks. You know, your Darcy McPherson's, etc. There seems to be a bit of a, a glut, I suppose, of, you know, the smaller running types of Gold Coast. And it does seem their scoring seems to fluctuate genuinely on who, if they're playing well as well. So, um, while, you know, Rankin and that had a good game or even Anderson had a good game, I'm just a bit worried about, you know, the, the next crop of kids coming through. Um, you know, f- from our kind of perspective, the keeper league perspective, there's not even it's not even just kids though. It's um, you know, just second kind of now that are second tier players like Fiorini and mm. Will Brody who are just fantasy guns when they're out yeah. there, who just can't get a game now. And yeah. I think it does come down to kind of defensive running and defensive acts and mm. things like that. And 
these kids are doing that for you. Yeah. And that's what he's really prioritizing. Yeah. And I think that's what he's doing. And it, it is kind of a bit of a crush on our fantasy game, but it is mm-hmm. good for Gold Coast at the same time. Oh, so. big time. But someone yeah. like Fiorini was just nowhere near the ball at all on Saturday night. He was, you know, he was, <laughs> was up so forward. Weird, he was stuck at forward. He was playing up forward, but then got all of his touches like in the back line. So, mm-hmm. like, he had to push up the ground and actually go find the ball. He just was not finding it at all. It was very, very strange. And then I guess we'll talk about this later on, but with Swallow and Hugh Greenwood making up the midfield minutes that Rouse kind of left. Mm. Um, yeah, just interesting the way they went about it. Yeah, you know? David Swallow is kind of having a fantastic year yeah. this year as well. Uh, on to Melbourne. Look, there wasn't too many real keeper league fantasy relevant guys here. Uh, Stevie May had 70. So another good uh, game from him. Uh, 18 touches, 14 of them being kicks, which we do love, and five marks. Now, at 58% owned. I think that's a bit crazy because we talked about him last week that he could uh, really keep developing. Look, he's looking fit. Uh, he's playing well. Does all the right things, take the, takes intercept marks, takes the kickings, etc. I think uh, for your D four, D five, he's uh, definitely one worth uh, kind of going to. Um, and once again, that the scores were a bit uh, bit hit and miss in this game. You know, like Harley Bennell was good to see him back, but you know, only forty six points from him. You know, Vandenberg forty six, Michael Hibbert forty nine. Just you know, a lot of. Um, Nothing to really report kind of games from these guys. It was always the, it was all the big names for the Demons on, on Saturday night. Yeah, no, I don't mind Stephen May at the moment, especially particularly the, the amount of kick-ins he takes yeah. makes him a real viable fantasy scorer. Um, coming up against Hawthorne this week as well with, uh, I guess, no the real recognised key forwards going around at the moment. I well, do. The general's gone. Yeah, so. oh yeah the, the most recognised. But even so, they don't have a kind of gun tall really because Mitch Lewis is out as well they're kind of mm. playing McAvoy as half and uh, Gunston up there as well mm-hmm. so I like him again this week as a streamer Stephen May so get him on your field this week I think for sure uh, on to the mighty mighty Bombers uh, defeating they're pretty useless North Melbourne side. Uh, no, nah, they were all right. It was a pretty good game, actually, on, on Saturday night to watch or having a few beers. But um, look, Will Snelling from the Dons, he had 82 points. Just fantastic pressure from him and uh, one of the things that's going to keep him in the side long-term. Had the 15 touches, but had the eight tackles and kicked the goal. Now, he's kind of mixed his form a bit this season. But um, look, we've talked about it a lot this year. Has the scoring history, both in the kind of half a year he played last year in the AFL and the uh, Sanford the, the few years before that. Now... Just running up that wing and up forward, I think uh, he can be very handy as a long-term play in deeper legs because he's almost playing, uh, you know, the the Devin Smith role, which is allowing Devin Smith to go into the midfield. And now that Shield is going to be out and there seems to be plenty of spots up in that midfield, I think that uh, Snelling's going to get more of a opportunity to kind of roam up and uh, up and down the ground on the wing, which would be fantastic for owners for him. Yeah, look, he's uh, in good form at the moment, so um, one to keep Ryan going forward. One I can't believe I'm talking about is David Zaha Rakas. He had 80 points. Now, he, for me, is the definition of a back-to-pod player. Agree. One who was, uh, you know, just a, a pretty... Very solid, very solid fantasy player for many, many years. Has just genuinely stunk it up this year and I think should have been dropped. But uh, he popped up on Saturday night and slotted three. Now, he was playing that, uh, you know, small four role, almost like a... No, he wasn't really playing the package role. But, uh, you know, 30 touches and three goals too is a huge game. Now, with him, there's heaps of risk involved. So, I think if you're owning him right now and you're not really in the hunt, he'd be a sell-high option on the back of this uh, 80 and, you know, hopefully... Hopefully for me, he kicks more goals to my side, but I don't think this is going to be something that's going to happen every week. So I think if you're owning him, he's 30, he's got that defender status, he's going to be worth a lot more than he might be, you know, next year. 
So I think if you can, I'd sell him high off the back of this score. But uh, if you're if you're looking at buying him, just note that he can't get forward status because he's already got the DPP. So, Correct. So, yeah. but you know, he's already backman, which is, no, no, you which know, is worth handy, waiting gold. But, but, just, but you know, if you want to if you want to forward, don't take your chances. On yes, him, uh, you know, and Willie's going. I don't think he can do this every week, but you know, I'm happy to be proven wrong. Um, Orazio Fantasia for 64 points from him was basically almost playing off a, a halfback flank wing and his scoring kind of soared the last you know month he's kind of been stuck up forward um, look he's because he's had three 30s and, and walked into a 64 on the weekend 19 touches four marks and uh, only had the one tackle which is surprising which is uh, he's a really good tackler but uh, look 2018 he was an 80 average forward one of the you know the shining lights for the Dons that year and, and fantasy wise was good 21% owned. I think he's a sneaky ad for sure this week. The Bombers are playing good footy. Uh, they got the Friday night game, so he's loopholeable. I just think that uh, he could just, you know, be hitting a bit of straps, especially if he's getting a bit more up the ground, uh, a bit more freedom. I think he could be one that, uh, you know, gets a, a few 60s, 70s going forward. Average 79 to own 79.5, so 80 effectively in mm. 2018, but injury effective for the last two seasons. I don't see him getting back to those levels. I just don't do it. No, but I'm just it. saying that there's worse blokes who will be on your waiver wire. Yeah. 21% owned for, you know, a guy who can genuinely play the game. And probably play most weeks as well. Yeah. So pretty handy to have on your bench. He's, he's obviously getting bowling. some fitness up. I think, yeah. he's a, I think he's a good player. Yeah, he's a good loophole option if you've got him and a bench option type thing. So, yeah. Uh, Mitch Hibbard, last one for the Don. 66 points from him. Look, I'm, I'm not 100% sold on what he can and will do for the side, but uh, look, he is an accumulator. We know that from his VFL numbers last year. Had 19 touches on the weekend with five tackles. Um, you know, that's what he was known for last year. Uh, look, there's a few SN and mids down at the moment, you know, with Shield out. Um, so, potentially, there's the the reason for a bit of a bump for him. But, look, 12% owned Friday night game, same same reason as... Um, as um, a little Fantasia, so you may potentially worth it picking up if you need someone just to, to fill a bench spot in your midfield. Yeah, cool. On to the ruse. Uh, my boy, Cam Zerha, not officially my boy, just uh, a guy I have faint interest in. A person. <laughs> a guy I enjoy watching play football, Cam Zerha, 72. Uh, he had a PB 19 touches with two goals and, and was playing a lot more up the ground with uh, with the north outs, which is really, really exciting. So, excites me that he can mix it up here, up and around the midfield, but also be that dangerous forward. At 34% owned is another one I think you can really target as well. And uh, I think we can see... I think he's going to be something. I don't know exactly who he's going to be like or, you know, is he going to be Dugowie? Is he going to be, I don't know, something else? But, yeah, geez, there's something about him. I just love watching him play. I think he does have Dugowie potential, like an 80 average, maybe mid-80 at mm-hmm. in his best season yeah. type forward. I, I can see that in him, but when it's going to happen, I don't know. And if it will happen... You're playing for North Melbourne. Yeah, which <laughs> doesn't yeah. But, you know, like I think that North Melbourne, you know, once they get rid, you know, once, you know, your Higgins, et cetera, you know, it's only a year before, you know, we don't see some of those guys anymore. And I think, you know, the Simpkins. Simpkins aside, Zerhars. though, like who are their up and coming young guns, really? Uh, like well, everyone, him, Taron Thomas. Yeah, they're not They're not quite uh, at that next level. No, no, that they're, they're not, like, the, they're not yeah. the creme de la creme. But, yeah. you know, potentially that just gives him opportunity that he wouldn't get another team. But then their actual guns are kind of mediocre as well. Like, you know, your Higgins, your Zeebles, that kind of stuff. Like Ben Brown, yep, of course. not. he's not having mm. the good of season as well. Um, but, you know, a, a bit of a, a tall four, though. So it's a bit, bit of a kettle, different kettle of fish yeah, there. Yeah, I don't usually like picking North Melbourne players for that reason. But, I, don't, uh, I don't like picking on them, but you've just got to sometimes, I think. Like, generally just like making fun of them or anything like that. But <laughs> So, like, the guy next, which is Paul Ahern, oh, 61 points. Uh, I really don't like bringing up one of your actual boys. Uh, one of my people. Yeah, no, he's your boy. <laughs> okay. uh, look, he's been in the outside this year. Um, 
but funnily enough, when I was uh, looking into his scores, he hardly actually gets on the park. He averages 55% time on ground this year. Now, he had that exact number on Saturday night and scored 61 points from it. So, another one who just doesn't have that uh, that time on ground, which does hurt his scoring. And look, his posies aren't high. Uh, they haven't been that high this year, but, um, you know, had five tackles along with his, his 13 touches, which kind of gets him up to that 61 points. Now, is he a target? Like, is he someone you should, you know, have a stab at? You know, I think there's a lot of risk, obviously, because Absolutely. one, he plays in North Melbourne, two, he's Paul Ahern. But, you know, what's the – what would you do? You're an Ahern owner. Yeah, right now he is getting dropped at the end of the season, not going to make my keepers. But if he mm. – like, just for what he's put up, and this, you know, one swallow doesn't make a summer like mm. he's done today. But the thing is with him, like, the fantasy potential is there because he is – a low time on ground player. He's mm. been a generally good scorer, you know, in points per minutes when you look at it that way. So, you know, he's one of those players that you've always held hoping that he can boost those midfield minutes. But you find these days that clubs don't even bother trying to build them anymore. They just factor it into the rotation and just try mm. to get the biggest impact out of them. Mm. Um, so I guess he's probably a victim of how the modern game's actually running as well. I can't see him breaking out too much more than he's done now, but I'm glad that he'll probably hold his spot on the side and have another week in. Yeah. I reckon he's one of those players, though, if he can get a bit of a run at it, build a bit of form, he might be okay. So just keep your eye on him, I think. Mm-hmm. And lastly, Aaron Hall had 79 points. Look, his scoring's been a bit uh, yo-yo-like this season. But look, with opportunities at the Roos, with uh, some injuries, etc., you know, he, he could be someone that you could target if you're gunning for a flag. You won't really have to give up too much to him because, you know, he's been, uh, you know, had a last, well, his last year and a bit's been a bit uh, up and down. So, look, really for an M6, M7, you could probably trade him in for, for not too much, you know, give someone a bit of a potential uh, future player. And uh, Hall could be yours for quite cheap, I think, and, and could be serviceable as that, you know, last mid. All right, let's move on to the ladder leaders, Port Adelaide, um, Ken Hinckley for Prime Minister, long may he reign. I watched the first quarter of this game, it was horrible. It was like one goal to one point. (laughs) It was pretty, it wasn't even wet though. It's it's going to be be the the, 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 uh, grand final, you know, preview and it was just like... Both games, uh, sorry, both sides played real defensive um, and it was kind of a battle, battle of the defences. Oh, I don't mind that. And, as, and this is now I'm going off topic. I'm the king of going off topic. But um, there was an interesting article put out in ABC Sport this week um, about uh, the way the game is shot, I guess, mm-hmm. and portrayed on television. And mm-hmm. if we were to view it at a different angle, we might appreciate the game a bit more. And I thought it was kind of a bit silly to start off with. But the more I thought about it, like, because I go to pretty mm-hmm. much every port game mm-hmm. and I sit behind the second tier mm-hmm. up high behind the goals. With the nuffies. No, no. With the uh, with the, uh, the creme de la creme, the uh, the lardy da types, the hoity toities um, of the Port Adelaide supporters, which yeah. is still probably just an average, normal human, everyday human being from Port Adelaide, <laughs> <laughs> middle middle class uh, yeah. type person. But uh, anyway, um, and That's I do one of those a, fancy Port Adelaide. I do yeah. agree because he has most of his teeth. Yeah, I'm pretty much. I, I sit where they have the post game uh, um, functions. So, yes, so it's a nice little spot. Um, but anyway, um, I, I do agree because I sit behind the I sit behind the goals and yeah. I can actually see the way teams set up strategically, yeah. tactically and the way they mm-hmm. play and you get an appreciation for it I just cannot mm-hmm. fathom that people um, can like soccer like, like football and then not like the way the game is played because it's still 10 times more exciting than watching a soccer game And but then the thing is if I see a nil all draw in soccer I can still appreciate it being mm. a kind sure. of the tactical side of it and the way it's yeah. actually played and you can have a nil all draw that's actually really exciting and I, f- I kind of find it the same way with football the more I think about it. But anyway, that, I thought that was just interesting. Uh, yeah, I think potentially they think, obviously, you don't see the how much the players push up the ground yeah. on TV. And then that people get frustrated then when they're going, you know, have the quick breakaway and they have to chip backwards, sidewards, because there's literally no one, no one to kick to. Yeah. But, you know, maybe that's coming back to the coaches where, you know, like potentially just 
bloody put someone at full forward and you might be able to kick 10 goals a game because you've got someone sitting there who's not puffed from running 15 <laughs> kilometres the wrong way. I think if it was that if it was that simple though, they'd, they'd, you, you, they, would, they would do it already Obviously, because yeah. their man would go yeah. and get but involved. I, but I did agree with that article. I think there's some, yeah. some points there. I think yeah. it would be good to see just a few more different angles or like down the ground view a mm. bit more when the ball's in transition. And Press stuff like blue that. for yeah. behind the goals. Oh, I like that. Yeah. Anyway, uh, let's actually talk about some players. So Kane Farrell, he had at 90 points. Uh, <laughs> Didn't I call Kane Farrell in the preseason and you called me crazy? Yeah, but you were talking about him as a small forward and like not playing this role. And if he was to be a small forward, you'd still be crazy. But because he's playing on maybe a wing, I just saw potential. <laughs> maybe he did. Well, you could have actually because there was lots of talk about a few weeks ago, which I didn't really realise is how good of a leg he was. Um, and it's really come to fruition this season. So ninety points for Farrell playing on the wing, nine disposals, eleven of them by foot. Also had six tackles as well, which bumped his. You score. can't claim him as your boy. No, no, I don't want to claim him as good. my boy. Um, and he had a huge goal from outside fifty, which was a real highlight. But because of his leg, he's been brought in to play on the wing mm-hmm. um, in replace of Xavier Dersma. And without Dersma out, he's actually really thriving. This was kind of like a breakout game for him on the weekend. Um, look, it's going to be interesting because Dersma probably could return next week, but I reckon they'll err on the side of caution, mm-hmm. wait for to bring him back in Adelaide. Um, so probably not won't be back in this week, but it'd be really it's going to be interesting to see how this marries up. Now, I've heard a few people saying that as soon as Dersma are back in, he's out. But my thinking is that Carl Amon is more than capable to play on the inside. Mm-hmm. If Rockcliffe remains out of the side, especially mm-hmm. with Sutcliffe... Um, Mm-hmm. Get doing, his in, uh, doing his hamstring. He wasn't mm-hmm. playing in the midfield anyway. Yeah. Um, I can see Amon going onto the ball and him, uh, Farrell, retaining that wing spot. And actually, it would be, pretty, be a pretty damaging uh, wing combo with uh, Dersma and Farrell on yeah. either, either wing. So, I can see him actually holding a spot and potentially scoring okay. I what don't do I don't necessarily subscribe to that fact that he would come out just for light for light because yeah. surely- a team needs one speed and two good ball users. So yeah, exactly. You would sacrifice some other oh, area so that you've got someone who can hit a target inside yeah. 50. Port yeah. desperately need good ball users and mm. we found one here and it's great to see. So, no, I don't see him coming out and I see him remaining on the wing because he's actually just being a damaging... You so, know, is it a buy now? Is it get on? Yeah, I think it is. Yeah, and I've uh, talked about him in the Wave Wire podcast for our members mm. uh, that comes out in the... We're recording it in the future, but it comes out in the past for the <laughs> listeners. So, <laughs> recording it after this, but yeah, this only comes out Wednesday. But anyway, let's move on to Tom Jonas quickly. Uh, he had 74 points, just like highlighting good games on the Keep League. Like, we're not yep. always about advocating pick this guy out, that type of thing. Mm-hmm. But if you, have a, good Respect. Fantasy, if you Respect. have a good fantasy performance, we'll give you a shout out. So, Tom Jonas, here we go. Uh, 74 points, uh, 16 touches, and he had 12 by foot, um, had eight marks too. So, this is probably the bump. He doesn't take a lot of marks usually, but he was clunking them on the weekend. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, the way Port defend, though, there's this chance that a Keep position defender will score well mm-hmm. just good luck picking which one it's going to be out yeah. of him Cleary and the cannon yeah but, good luck uh, yeah, yeah. But you know what? Two years ago, he averaged seventy-five, so he's no slouch yeah. fantasy-wise. But yeah, it's he's tough okay. to. It is tough to make a case for him to be uh, playing in your side each week. Uh, looking at Carl Amon, seventy-one points, uh, playing mostly on the wing. But yeah, like we mentioned before, did have a couple with CBAs, so he could go in the inside uh, in the future as well. Mm-hmm. So I reckon he'll average the seventy mark this season. So mm. um, what's that post-corona uh, round? That eighty-five, yeah, eighty-five mark. And I reckon that's what he'll go at. Um, and I th- but the thing is, I think it's about his ceiling. But like I said, yeah. if Tom Rockliffe stays out and they bring in Dersma mm-hmm. could very well go on the inside and we'll see how he goes there with mm. a bit more uh, CBA uh, numbers coming up uh, Sam Powerpepper is another one so 68 points 22 touches 3 marks and a goal didn't see a CBA bump so I think he had 11 last week and he had 10 this week so he actually had less CBAs but I think um, with Rockliffe out I think it just 
gave him a bit more importance on the ground and played a more prominent role. Mm-hmm. So I think the 68 uh, points is, um, yeah, uh, attributing to that. I actually had a, a question in the gold members group for the uh, for members there mm. uh, about Sam Pepper and they said, will, will he actually see a scoring bump with Rockcliffe out? And I said, oh, probably not because uh, I think Sutcliffe might come in and do a tagging job. Well, I was completely wrong there and I apologise to that member. Um, I hope you forgive me for that one. Sam Pepper actually looked like he had some speed as well, like he's slimmed yeah. down a touch. Yeah, yeah, I think he has. He's just a strong person. So I think he's just got strong strong legs, strong mm. leg muscles. You can get around the ground pretty well. Uh, not many GWS uh, players to talk about that aren't already 2G4P. Talked about him last week, but he's sure. He had 70 points and he just looks like he's building into the season. Mm-hmm. And you could get him real cheap because he's going to retire next season. People want to get rid of him. I said that last year. Yeah. Well, yeah, you did. But this, it's going to happen this year. The only reason he's going around again is because they lost the grand final and he wants to go one better this year. Um, but yeah, look, you can get him real cheap. If you want a defender that's going to get you around the you know, 65, 70, which is the pre-corona 80, that type of thing, you can get him so cheap. Just yeah, throw out a trade if you want him. Yeah. Um, let's move on to Sydney versus Richmond case. Yes, my game. Now, <coughs> Hef. Do I need to bring up Callum Mills? Why are you talking about 2G4P You told me he was not, he was never going to be too okay. good for podcast. The that's, reason- That's actually recorded. Yeah, probably. <laughs> I did say that, I reckon. <laughs> I'm gonna, can we dig that up? <laughs> yeah, for sure. I'm All right, insert now. I'm when I'm wrong. Insert now. No, no, I'm not, I could not be bothered going uh-huh. back through every podcast to find that. Bullshit. Sound shit. But- um, look, I, a couple of weeks ago, we had him still in because we never declared him 2G4P. That was my issue. We never actually right. declared it. So what you do is go, hey, Kays, I'm sorry, I was wrong. Sorry, Kays, I was wrong. Right. He is 2G4P. Let's right move now. on. Okay. Uh, move on to someone who is very exciting to watch is Dylan Stevens. 65 points from him. Just super classy. Uh, and and for us, or for me, um, you know, for well, for both of us, we are very um, much... Um, um, spokespeople for SANFL football going into the AFL system and uh, no surprise that he just kind of stepped into AFL like it was uh, nobody's business. Look, had 10 kicks, uh, only the one handball, which is a fantastic ratio for a first year player, first game player even, uh, five marks and four tackles. Now, definitely keeps his spot with uh, no Kennedy and now no Heaney and probably provides a bit more opportunity um, for some scoring as well. Now, a Gold Coast this week, I think he could put up another decent score this week, especially if you've got him in Fantasy Classic or potentially can uh, field him in your, in your Very side. expensive in Classic, but yeah. Okay. Because he was a top what, five draft pick. I don't know. I don't know enough. <laughs> um, anyway, James Rowbottom, 63. I, I do like the consistency of his season. Now, he hasn't put in a blockbuster game yet, but uh, he's had four 60s in a row um, and all around that 15 touch mark, just lays the, upper, uh, sorry, lays the tackles. Uh, when you have five CBAs on the weekend and uh, look, I think the opportunity is going to keep presenting himself this year. I think uh, if Kennedy and, and that were, were still fit, he might be in and out of that midfield rotation a bit more, but uh, I think the next few weeks could see some big scores for Robottom. Uh, the next guy you're going to talk about, I think also is going to see. Yeah. Now this guy's just uh, kind of, he's had a bit of an average uh, season so far, but I think this is where he's going to come into his own now. Georgie Hewitt, 59 points from him on the weekend. And he was serviceable on Saturday, oh sorry, Sunday, but uh, usually gets a tagging role. But I think uh, with no Kennedy, etc., he's going to have to take on a bit more responsibility in that midfield. Now he's averaged 75, 66 and 76 in the last three years. So he does actually know how to score. And you know, that 59 is about that 70 odd uh, 
that score anyway. But at only 49% owned, I think that he could be one that takes his game to a, you know, nothing crazy, but like a solid 80, 85 average over the next month or so while there's no Kennedy, no Heaney. Just a little stat. He attended 73% of the centre bounces on the weekend. Mm -hmm. That's a 37% bump from last week. So he looks like he is the Kennedy replacement in there or the guy who's going to eat up those numbers in minutes. And look, if you've got Ollie Florent, you're probably licking lips too. Um, Plays a bit more outside, so I'm not sure if it's going to affect him as much. I do think George Hewitt is going to be the big benefactor. Yeah, and he's definitely underrated and definitely not in a lot of leagues. Uh, Not in a lot of teams, sorry. So uh, get involved. G-O-B. Now, I don't want to get too head wobbly, but we did get our kind of Richmond predictions right. You love getting head wobbly. Nah, you know, like, (laughs) you just get them wrong now. Nah, but uh, look, we did see some big numbers from, you know, Jaden Short had 100 on the weekend. So we've said this basically all year, no basher and it's Jaden Short time. So 26 touches from him and 20 of them were kicks, uh, nine marks. So um, congratulations to Short owners. You've kind of been put through a bit of pain this season, but uh, I genuinely think this is a glimpse into the future and uh, what he'll be doing for for many, many years from that Richmond back line. Definitely. Uh, One that is... I'm going to talk about on the uh, Waiver Wire podcast. I think he is going to have a big few weeks. Camden McIntosh. So he'd 82 points in the weekend, and I think he's got to be a massive target for your Waiver Wire. So 24 touches out on the wing where he was playing his best footy. You know, three to four years ago, he was a 70 average player when the Tigers were, you know, at their peak and and, and uh, getting up and about. Now with all these guys out through the through the hub, I think there's so much opportunity for him on that wing now. He runs, carries, he's the perfect outside player. And at 10% owned, uh, I think he's a massive get on board for me. You mean you spoke about him on the Wave of Wire podcast? You know, because yes, yeah, yeah. it's already happened. Whatever. I don't know how the future <laughs> works. Yeah. yeah. Like edit that bit out. Nah. Okay. Uh, but I think uh, if he's still around, I, I would grab him because I think uh, Richmond is still playing decent footy. He's locking down that wing. I think uh, it's game time for him. And in hub life with the kind of lack of quality players that are yep. playing for Richmond at the moment. No, yep. that's, that's a harsh thing to say, but you know, just not their A team out there. Yeah, yeah. There's going to be little bumps like this going around. For sure. Yeah. Liam Baker's another one we talked about last week. He had 80 points, uh, finally given some more responsibility and Sean, 17 touches, eight marks from that chip around the ground style play and three tackles. Now kind of, Played up and down the wing a bit. Uh, I think he's going to continue to blossom in that uh, hub period and uh, look back forward. DPP is so juicy. So uh, one I'm quite keen on. Now, speaking of bumps, uh, mm-hmm. tell us about Jack Graham. Jack Paddy Graham. What did he do? 76 What's he points. Do? 76 points. Now, I don't know if we spoke about it on the pod, but uh, I think we got some stats last week. Without Cochin, he is a fantastic scorer. So we're talking that this is a, a good 90-odd score, uh, you know, not Corona. So get him on board. Now, uh, 16 touches, but he's playing that inside role finally. Been stuck out on the wing and it just that isn't his game. But uh, look, 16 touches isn't huge, but he just lays tackles. He's that inside mid um, and does it very well. Now, uh, 58% owned is a big one for me and he has a huge, huge ceiling. We've seen some big scores from him in the past. North this week, uh, I'd be licking my lips if I was a Jack Graham owner. Another one we were super high on in the Waiver Wire podcast last week. So, um, yeah, we predict the future here. So Get on um, board. Yep, definitely. Make sure you remember and listening to that each week to make sure you're ahead of your league. Now, Kay's on the Carlton versus Western Bulldogs story. I've got mm-hmm. a little story about uh, Sunday night, and it's really the reason why I love keeper leagues. Yeah, so, me. I'm a Mitch Wallace owner for some strange reason. He's one of those last forwards I need, and I don't rate him at all. I don't really want him on my side. It's just my side's not very good. Someone I have to feel. Now, Fact. This, but this story isn't about – I'm ahead of you on the ladder. Anyway, um, this is uh, – My story's been injury ravaged. <laughs> 
<laughs> side's been injured. Already. This isn't a story about one of my sides, though. So this is uh, another guy in my keeper league. So I was getting around him because he's in my side. And my last player, and my, the guy I was playing was chasing me down, but I had enough of a lead. I just needed to score, you know, 40 points or so, mm-hmm. which he got or close to, mm-hmm. um, to, to get on. But another guy in my league, he was my he, he, he needed in another league, that not the one we're in. He needed 40 points, I thought, 39 points, I think, to win his game. Mm-hmm. And the last player was Mitch Wallace. So every other player had finished and he needed uh, 39 points, all right? And so we're just sitting there cheering him on and I was talking to the guy he was playing. He was like, Mitch Wallace is going to get this, no worries. He's on 35 points, three-quarter time. I'm done mm-hmm. here, I'm cooked. Mm-hmm. Anyway, he finished with 38 points. Wow. And this is why <laughs> I love keeper leagues because you, you're sitting around and you're just cheering for these absolute spuds that you never would have given a shit about ever, mm-hmm. but you... You just get around these guys because they're like either in your team or they're just they're going to make or break your game. Yep. That's what's so great about this type of fantasy and you're not worrying about the same huge players each week that yep. the other formats are. So yep. it's good fun. I totally yeah. agree. Yeah. Uh, I almost had the same story. I had Harry McKay. He had 69 points on the weekend and, and him and McGovern with uh, 75 points both look kind of dangerous at times. But uh, I think going forward and probably even for this year, I think Harry McKay is the one you want in your side. Uh, look, we, we know McLovin averaged uh, 71 a couple of years ago at the Crows, but really doesn't look anything like the player that he did a few years ago at Carlton. Now, they're both 10 and 15% owned and you could kind of make a case for either of them going forward. Carlton are playing some, you know, pretty decent football uh, and they do take some marks. But I think, uh, you know, Levi Caswell's probably that safe option for for the Blues because he is that swing man. But uh, I think McKay is showing something. Hopefully, he can keep uh, fit and get a crack at it. But uh, he's one that I'd be focusing on going forward in a, in a keeper league especially. Uh, Sam Walsh just quickly proved he wasn't dead. He had 72. So, oh, uh, good to see my, uh, Yes, my uh, potential uh, trying to get him back on the pod didn't work. Uh, so, we'll forget about him from now on in. We'll call off the search party. Yes, but uh, Matt Kennedy is another one uh, definitely worth talking about. He had 65 points. Now, I was kind of surprised he got the call up on the weekend, but was very, very solid. Uh, 76%, 76% time on ground for that 65 and uh, potentially a bit more opportunity if uh, Cripps and uh, Mark Murphy are out. So, um, wouldn't he? He actually attended 17 CBAs, which is uh, out of this world. So, he's one to definitely get on board. Uh, CBAs, uh, sorry, 20 touches, uh, nine kicks, 11 marks, which you don't really like and, and only the one tackle, but 9% for a forward and uh, coming off an okay score. And really, if Cripps and Murphy don't get up, I think he's got to get someone that you, you try and get into your team. Yeah, definitely. I had him last year. I kind of went kind of early on him last year in the uh, in our draft. Mm. I picked him with my fifth round pick or something like that and delisted him at the end of the year. And watching that first half, I just felt sick. Because I think it was on like 45 or something at halftime. And I was like, this is a guy who's going to now break out and I've let him go. But oh, well. It's in he the was, past now. He was, he was good. It's in the past. No, he's a good player. Yeah. Uh, Lath Vandermeer, 72 points from him. He's had uh, two good games. Um, it really looks a lot like Paddy Lipinski. I keep getting confused when he gets the ball. They've got that kind of last, you know. You've got written here, he looks Lipinski. Yeah, he looks Lipinski. Okay. That's yeah. a new adjective. Yeah. Okay. You cool. have to have double I after Lipinski. Okay. Wouldn't That's, it be a Y? Wouldn't that be the. No, he's, no, it's not. <laughs> I've, I've made the word up. Okay, I will fine. say how it's spelled. Fine. Uh, 14 touches, uh, a couple of snakes for him and, and was one of the dog's better players. Now, centre forward DPP, 28% owned. Um, and look, his uh, job security is not too bad. I think, you know, there's others on the chopping block before him. He's doing some good stuff um, and looks pretty pretty solid out there. So, one I wasn't too keen on earlier on in the season, but uh, definitely proved me wrong, which is good. He's played most games, hasn't he? Yeah. Yeah, so he's definitely got job security. Yeah, especially because there's yeah. lots of other guys coming in and out. He missed round one. 
Yeah. Yeah. But back to back, really good weeks. Mm. Uh, I know he was a low break even last week and yeah. definitely one I considered getting in in AFL Fantasy Classic, but mm. uh, price tag was a bit too high. But uh, definitely um, he's looking good. Yeah. And lucky last is Lewis Butler, 58 points from him. Uh, not a bad score for his second game. Look, off the halfback line, but. His disposal was a bit average, turned over a few times now. Yeah, Hayden, Hayden Crozier is back this week, uh, so I'm thinking he might be the one that comes out for Crozier. Uh, potentially a long-term player. Look, he's, he's only young, uh, first-year player, so um, good to see him getting some opportunity at, at Dogs early, but uh, just keep an eye on him. I know it's hard when there's no uh, VFL games to watch, which we'll go back to, but uh, look, just uh, one to monitor going forward. He's one that's right on the cusp this season, but he's going to be definitely in contention going forward, I think. So, yeah, yeah, agreed. All right, that uh, wraps up the round rewind. We'll move on to some projections. Let's move on to some projections. First up, I'm going to look at some captain options for the week. Uh, I'm just going to read them out in order. So we'll go through them real quickly as my reasoning. Mm-hmm. But Max Gorn is my favourite this week. Um, look, he averages 115 at uh, sorry against Hawthorne. Um, then last round, it was obviously 105. His last five averages 115 as well. So he's going pretty pretty good this season. Um, 106 this season. 121 the last time he played Hawthorne. So get on board. Uh, Lockie Neal will... Uh, bounce back this weekend I reckon even though 98 98 is actually pretty damn good yeah. but uh, it just seems shit in comparison to what he's been uh, putting up considering his average is 111 um, but anyway uh, 112.3 is his average against GWS so uh, get on board there are they playing in Sydney as well at the Sydney Showgrounds Giant Stadium surely I think they are this week um, which is actually I've got the fixture here which I'm pretty sure they are but uh, yeah he's he goes huge um, against GWS oh, sorry he goes huge um, it, yeah, at Giant Stadium as well. So what's the average there? That is 136.5 is average at Giant Stadium. It's huge. That is massive. So yeah, he's, he's an absolute gun. So expect him to bounce back uh, in inverted commas this week. Uh, Brody Grundy, we'll back him in again after his 53 last week. Um, average is 101.2 against Geelong. They're playing at Optus Stadium where average is 122 as well. Up against Darcy Fort, surely he gets the better of him. Surely. Uh, 130 was his score the last time they played. Adam Trelaw has just picked up where he left off. I'd have no problems captaining him. Um, yeah, 101, uh, sorry, 91 last week as mm-hmm. well. Average is 103 against uh, Geelong. Uh, Todd Goldstein's in great form as as well um, had 108 last week. He's just absolutely killing it. The Ruckman this year have been awesome. So Todd Goldstein's my last captain option from there. On to some streamers. Uh, get Rupert Wills onto your field. Um, we've talked to him about him enough on this podcast, but just do it this week because um, that fantasy scoring and points per minute scoring is going really well. Same with Matt Scharenberg, um, basically just because he averages 100 against Geelong <laughs> and had 132 the last time he played them. So that's what we were talking about earlier. He can actually he can go, go pretty big. big. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Stephen May against Hawthorne we like as well. Averages 70 against Hawthorne. Um, they're playing in Sydney, I guess. Uh, where? What's their hub base? I can't really remember what that was. I really should write them down, but they're playing at Giant Stadium as well. So um, he averages 75 there as well. So had 118 the last time he played them. That sounds hugely high. I hope that's correct. <laughs> I'll have to double check that after. Yeah. Um, have a look for me, Kate. I will. You keep, going, you keep talking. Uh, Jack Graham, uh, he averages uh, 85 against North Melbourne. So he had, well, he's only played them once. So that's why. Um, 85 points the last time he played them, but uh, averages 72. 
2 um, at Metricon Stadium. So that's where they're playing this weekend. And Oscar Allen's well, we talked about him as well, but we reckon he will continue his good form. Playing against Frio as well, who don't have a super tall back line. Um, and they've already got two key defenders, which we talked about, uh, sorry, two key forwards that they have to worry about before them. So I reckon Oscar Allen will get off the leash again. So, yeah. Confirmed 112, had uh, 18 kicks, 14 marks, and uh, yeah, dominated. I, I don't know why I, d- I doubt my numbers here. But anyway, um, yeah, so should go right then. Uh, for the loopholes, um, some vice-captain guys are like Sam Menegola is in great form, so have a look at him if he yep. is available. Um, averages 103 against Collingwood as well. Uh, Scott Pendlebury, super underrated, I think, in terms of captain options and stuff like that. He averages 108 against Geelong and had 128 the last time we played them. Uh, Joel Selwood is... Decent enough. He's definitely worth uh, worth it considering his form. Had 84 last week. Um, averages 94.2 against Collingwood. And uh, Parfit as well at the moment. Had 102 the last time he played Collingwood. So have a think about him as well. For the bench, I like uh, your person, Kay, is Mark O'Connor. Mm-hmm. Um, definitely have him on your bench and get ready to loophole on if he goes okay. Yep. Um, Darcy Moore is another one that I like that we talked about earlier. Jamie Elliott, uh, Elliott uh, he's been playing a lot more midfield time. He copped a bit of a knock on the weekend, but if he comes up okay... Definitely have him on your bench ready to go just in case uh, he mm-hmm. produces some good numbers playing that Collingwood midfield. All right, uh, let's move on to the membership uh, numbers. So, um, oh, sorry, the membership uh, segment. Uh, just reminding you that we've got our Waiver Wire podcast that we are recording after this, which is Monday, but mm-hmm. comes <laughs> but when you're listening to it, it's Wednesday, so it came out. Don't Monday. Get, it's just so confusing. Don't even try and explain it. <laughs> no, no, I just wanted to, to point out that you're missing it if you are if you're only hearing it now. If so you want to beat your fellow league members to the hottest people on the waiver wire, you need to sign up. Because there's just so many guns this year that we're and, yeah. and like even when we talk about the streamers that are on it as well, like um, yeah, like you this year because so a lot ahead. of people are playing rolling lockouts, so it's more important than ever. Is yeah. one and two, the scoring's lower, so games have seemed to be a lot tighter in our. League this year too, so yep. getting that last spot right on your uh, eighteen man field is very important. Exactly. Uh, breakout tracker will update weekly. It hasn't been updated this week yet, but I just couldn't get around to it today. But it'll be updated by the time the pod comes out. Same with the projections; uh, they're very close to being uploaded. Probably get uploaded tonight as well. So uh, they're the kind of uh, member options. I think uh, I haven't talked to you about this case, but I want to mm. do a bonus episode sometime soon as well. Yeah. I'll talk to you about that later. So there'll be more bonus episodes coming out for the um, mini episodes for the members. Uh, last week we. Said we got to the end of our gold member pool, but we actually had two more gold members sign up. So sweet! Thanks to uh, Frederico Mao or Mayo Mao and uh, Western Super. So a bit Ooh. of an unusual name, Western Super. It sounds like a um, superannuation fund for Western Australians. I think. Sweet. So I think we might have a new sponsor there. I'm, ha- I'm happy to move my super West- over Western Super. I can't because I work for the government. I don't nah, have a choice. Bad luck. But you can move yours just to support Western Super. Definitely. <laughs> Put my money where my mouth is. We actually have. Uh, I looked it up this week. We have about 230 members. I think it is this season. So Sick. That's, that's awesome. a lot of members. Uh, and then over 100 gold now. I think we've got 105 gold. So um, pretty pretty good numbers. Um, and the Facebook group is going bananas at the moment. Too. Oh, absolutely. There's a question every day, which is yeah. great. I'm struggling to actually keep up with them all. I have to kind of look over them, you know, lunch breaks and things like that um, to see how they're going. But uh, yeah, it's a pretty exciting, pretty good place to be. Mm-hmm. Plus, I think it's great. Like there's an example today, like someone was asking about a Frio player and I 
just didn't know enough about the Frio player, but you can just dish over to a member that does know Frio player, just tag them in it, like, hey, Frio guy, you know mm-hmm. about this. Um, can you answer the question? And someone does. It's sweet like yeah. that. So, yeah, it's really good community because everyone's really deep into keeper leagues but also knows a lot about their individual teams and they do. depth and stuff like that. So, they do. Yeah. Anyway, join links for everything's in the description. Get on board. All the money we raise goes back into the podcast, whether it be new equipment, advertising, um, all the kind of hosting fees and things like that that go into it. Everything goes back into supporting the podcast. So if you're keen, join up and keep this thing afloat. Disappointingly, K, is no podcast reviews this week. So if you're on an Apple device or use Apple Podcasts for anything, jump on, give us a review. It helps us rise up the ranks. We'd be really appreciative and would read it out on the pod and call you an absolute legend for doing so on here. So anyway, let's move on to the listener questions. To everyone's favourite segment, the listener questions. Uh, first question comes from at Russ two four six eight, a regular question asker on the podcast. Also a gold member, part of the group in there as well. Uh, look, his question is: Greenwood seems to be taking a lot of rows inside minutes with Fiorini sitting in the forward line. The AFL fantasy gods giveth with one hand and taketh away with the other. Mm-hmm. Kay, has you got a comment on this? I just didn't even know Fiorina was playing when I was watching for a while. I yeah. think it took him a long time to get a touch, but he was nowhere near the midfield. So, uh, reading off AFL stats, mate, if you haven't got around that on Twitter, you must. Uh, he has all the CBAs coming out hot. We had Swallow and Wits with 20, Greenwood 19, Miller 15, Weller 13, Holman 4, Day 1 and Fear anyone. So, if you're getting less CBAs than Nick Holman, you're doing something wrong. Uh, look, as I said, I've been quite impressed with like uh, Swallow and Greenwood this year in that uh, Gold Coast side. Mm. I just think it was an odd move for them to bring Fiorini in and then just play him as a non-midfielder. Like, well, it, it was yeah, it was a reshuffle. It was to allow yeah. Swallow and Greenwood to go full-time mid almost. Yeah, I, just don't, I think they could have yeah. just played someone else who was a bit better forward or, or something like that. So, a bit of a strange one. Uh, look, we obviously saw some Lockie Weller in there, which he'd been kind of playing a bit bit all over the shop too. So, he's obviously not in their, in their um, you know, thoughts. So... Jeez, it's risky as a, a, a Fiorini owner. Do you hold – like, if he gets dropped this week, do you hold him and hope he gets traded? Uh, yeah. You don't get rid of a player who's that sort of fantasy um, potential. Same with Will Brody. Like, another player that you you just don't want to give up because there's no absolutely no value in him right now, mm-hmm. but there's always that potential to go big. So, I reckon yeah. you hold him and try to – hopefully they move on at the end of the season or yeah. just sometimes somehow get a bit more of a chance. Yeah. Uh, next question from at Trav014. Not sure what happened with Elliot. Didn't play the second half, but starting at centre bounces had 44 at half time. Is this a new role? And uh, will Sidebottom return end that role? Uh, look, so what happened with him? I guess I just looked, looked, saw this on AFL 360 just before we started recording. Um, so he had a bit of a calf uh, knock before three-quarter time and they just rested him after that because they had a short turnaround this week. Um, but they did talk about his midfield role and, yeah, it is actually a new role for him. And they, they really like what they he's delivering in there why not it's not equating to fantasy scoring he's getting the ball moving in their direction and they like he's in an underwork um i don't think sidey will affect him because sidey doesn't really take a lot of center bounces anyway so he's more wing outside he even got named as a forward in afl fantasy classic that's crazy Weird. but um yeah so he doesn't actually go into the center bounces that much anyway so i don't think it's going to affect his role i think you can bank on elliot continuing with this one as long as he stays fit and that calf knock doesn't hurt him too much very hero handy all right at mw2pi uh four key 
deeper leagues, better to try and find the next breakout star in brackets. He's got Robottom, Brayshaw, the next dunks uh, with 100, 110 plus potential. What, Brayshaw, 110 plus potential? Nice. Um, or the next premium defender yeah, forward. Waffle. <laughs> Bruh. Sorry, I'll start that sentence again. Um, or the next premium defender forward, so Bose, Gresham, with 85, 90 plus potential. Uh, 22 teams, 16 keepers. Uh, for 12 personal, keepers. Sorry, 12 keepers for personal reference. Um, are you better to try and find a star mid or a star back? You're probably better off trying to find a star back, I think, because they're always harder to get. Yeah. In my opinion. I reckon you can go into a draft most years and draft like a bunch of kids and you, you're going to get like a good midfielder out of those. Yep. Like, for example, last few years, um, Warple is one I picked up and then um, this year I've got Stevens and, you know, players. Like, you're going yeah. to get guys that are probably going to go okay but over the long term. But even in uh, like if you're only keeping 12, there's going to be a lot of guys like even like a, at the start of this year, you probably got David Swallow in a draft or, yeah. you know, like those kind of guys who- Yeah, there's going to be loads the, of good players yeah, in your M, Your yeah. M- Four pluses always pop up, whereas you know your you, you good defenders, your good forwards are, are tough. But look, I don't, I don't know who you're trying to find. It's, it's a bit tough, you know. We're going to find out a bit about some of these kids in the next kind of month. You know, no Sloan at the Crows. Who will step up there? Will it be Jones? Will it be Henry? Uh, those guys. Um, and uh, yeah, Stevens with no JPK is he won. But once again, those guys are probably a year or so too early to try and get in as, as your, your 12. Um, potentially, you're looking for a defender like a Josh Battle or a forward like Jaden Stevenson who look like they've got fantasy game and look they're like about they've got to go. some. They're, they're much more closer to being that uh, that breakout there. So I'd, I'd be focusing on your, your next wave kind of not key defender, but your, your fantasy defender or forward. Yep. All right, next question. Uh, at Daily95, who's looking to be the newest lot of DPP players? So, uh, Ultimate will be bringing them out on Wednesday. I think this is going to be one of those DPP um, lists that are just going to have no one of note. I just mm. off the top of my head, I can't really think of anyone that stands out. Like, maybe Tom Phillips goes gets forward, but the last week or so, he looks like he's been playing a bit more midfield time. Mm-hmm. Darcy Fort should get a ruck because yeah. he's a forward. I don't know if that's really that relevant. He's um, not really going to be anyone's number one, any number one ruckman either, I wouldn't have thought. Yeah. David Swallow was close, but I think with Rowl out, no chance of getting that forward status because he's just gone back in the midfield. Mm-hmm. Um, Farrell, like, there's going to be a heap that get mid, I reckon, like Farrell, uh, Jamie Elliott, Cam Rayner. They'll add mid and it's just boring. So um, yeah. nothing else really stands out for mine. Can you think of anyone, Case? No, not yeah. of anyone of note. No. And, and there might be one, like I even looked at the fan, who AFL Fantasy added and they send, they always are a bit more generous with oh, their, way more their generous. additions. So Still uh, side-bottom forward, that'll never happen in Ultimate Yes, yeah, uh, you know, I don't get too carried away. Look, there might be one and, uh, you know, I remember when I was playing, uh, you know, a waiver wire uh, single year team, it's just like refreshing Ultimate Footy every like, Two minutes uh, come yeah. like Wednesday afternoon just to see if there was one you could quickly add in off the of the wave wire. But uh, yeah. yeah, no one that I could think of that is going to be a game changer. Yeah, you might you'll get six, and most of them will be add mid, and you might get one add defender. Yeah, Josh Battle might get forward, which is handy as the back forward yeah, DPP. Yeah. Oh yeah, but you know, as a, as a defender, he's already you know got some value there anyway. All right, at Blackson uh, in a deep keeper league, which king is the king of kings? Do you see them both playing deep forward their whole careers? Well, it's obviously Max because his name gives it away. Maximum He's King. The maximum King. Yeah, maximum yeah. King. Uh, look, it's hard to know. Like, even going back through their junior numbers, Max was basically injured in his draft year. He uh, only played the one TAC Cup game. 
He did happen to have 19 touches, nine marks, and kicked eight goals, five for a lazy 141 Dream Team points, uh, whereas Ben played six games, uh, averaged 77, and only kicked 12 goals. So his brother had four more goals in one game than he did in six. But uh, I think they'll both end up coming up the ground. But yeah, it so. will when they do that, it's going to depend on who else they have in their team. Now, you know, the second best forward, well, you know, this future second best forward at Gold Coast will kind of be Alex Sexton or uh, St. Kilda have memory. So, you know, like if they're happy to play them closer to goal and let the Kings roam up, uh, I think that's where you'll start to see the big bump. Uh, who's going to be better than the other? Uh, you toss a coin. If you've got both, you're very lucky. I think Ben looks slightly better now, but he's had an extra year, I guess, of actually playing. Yeah, so yeah. the jury's still out for me, like with Max King the year behind. So I just, I'm going to, just wait and might see. Might also depend on whose team ends up being better. But, you know, Gold yeah. Coast uh, Saints, almost pretty similar at the moment too. Yeah. Uh, right. Uh, at Nathan Ears 16, this is basically written for you, Hef. I uh, would love to package oh. Dawson and Ross and ship them off. But seriously, should we still persist with them? Uh, love the pod, fellas. This is written for me because I own both of these guys and I'm equally as pissed off with these guys as probably every other owner out in Australia is. Um, look, I'd persist. Because what are you realistically going to get for them? Like mm. nothing what near you know what they can produce. So yep. you might get an untried rookie who has just as much chance of like making it as these guys do of bouncing back, mm-hmm. really. So that's what you're weighing up. And at least these guys do have runs on the board and it's probably going to be role-specific um, and how they go. Like Dawson, obviously, you want him to play more in the midfield, which is always potential. You never know when a kid's going to come up and through who could kind of take that half-bank flank role mm-hmm. um, and put him back into the midfield. Ross just actually needs to find the footy. Um, I don't yeah. know. He seems to be helping out his other midfielders and, you know, copying a bit of heat for them to let, you know, players like Steele and, uh, you know, Hannah Brennan when he's fit and uh, Zach um, Jones yeah. as well at the moment. So, yeah, he seems to let those guys get a bit more of the ball than he does. Um, so, yeah, at least, you know, they got the runs on the board, though. So, I think I'd hold and just persist for at least another season. You know, wait for next year and see what happens. Tend to agree. Uh, Paul Milne, uh, I'm in the premiership window and deciding which Tom Lynch to keep across the eight next 18 months. Mm. Uh, for me, it would be Crows, Tom Lynch. Um, look, he's a proven scorer. So if you're looking to hold one of them going into a, a potential premiership window, uh, he's a proven scorer. He's got more of that fantasy-friendly role where he gets up the ground, gets you know the, the easier marks and, and kicks and stuff like that. And he's not as goal-reliant as Tiger Tom is. And look, I think he, looking back, and obviously the Crows are having an average year, his scoring output depends on how strong the crows are so if you just want to ride off 2020 and you know um you know take him into next year as, a, as that you know potentially your last forward or second forward or third forward or whatever you might be i think that's gonna probably pay off look he's only 29 so he's still got another couple good years in him and he's that kind of player who's quite smart you know we'll just find the ball naturally so i'd be holding him for sure kind of on the back of what you said you, you're worrying about the crows quality i just can't can't see the Crow's been good again in his career. Ever. No. Nah. Well, I reckon four years' time, they're still going to – like they're going to – they reckon they're in like a four-year rebuild. That's what they're going to probably have to go with at the moment. Someone's got to get so, the ball. Yeah, yeah, I know. But I just can't see – like none of them are winning the ball. None of them are actually scoring fantasy points like well, and I just can't see it happening. So, for that fact, I'd probably just go the Richmond top Lynch. But I don't, don't think either would really be that good. But I think the Crow's Tom Lynch's footy's – like way behind him now. I think with Tom Lynch, you might get another one or two years of him at the top of his game at least, but I don't think either are going to be really that good, but that's what I'd... You have a 50-50 split. 
Yeah, it's almost about. Let's take it to Twitter, half. All right, maybe. Yes. Oh, this is fun one. This is like a genuine Keeper League question, dude. Yeah, I guess. Which Tom Lynch will be better going forward? Yeah. Which would you Which Tom Lynch do you want in 2021? Yeah, okay. We'll have a think about that one. Um, Ed Wright, uh, is Dan Butler fake news? I'm going to answer that question with another okay. question. Yes. Um, are the Saints fake news? Ooh. I think that answer is the answer to Dan Butler. And I think they are a little bit. They are playing a lot better, but if we saw on the, on the weekend, they just died and didn't give a yelp after half to a quarter time, really. Um, we did say early in the year that he needs to score goals to score well in fantasy, and mm. I think it's becoming truer each week. Um, and there's a lot of attention now, too. So I think if the Saints are up and about and there's other players warranting attention, um, he'll go okay. But if they're going to be rubbish like they were on the weekend, I think he's going to struggle going forward. I'd like to counter that. He's averaging 65 this year. He's yep. the 27th best scoring forward. Okay. What were you expecting from him at the start of the year? No, not much better than that. But like going, if you look at his first two weeks or first mm. three weeks, as opposed to what oh, he put look, up he's last definitely week. getting more attention. There's no yeah, doubt yeah. about that. Yeah, because there's yeah, that's like I just said, there's eyes on him now, so it's a bit different. Mm. Well, I suppose what happened on the weekend, you know, you kind of lose those um, points from tackling and you know that kind of thing that he was getting as well earlier on. So yeah, um, tough scene. Goals are the big one for mine. But yeah, anyway. All right, let's wrap it up. Uh, Thanks for listening to the Keeper League podcast this week. Um, If you like what we do and want to get around us, sign up as a member, get all our bonus content and uh, help us support the podcast. Um, There's also our social media pages. We'd really appreciate your support on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Um, Helps us spread the message if people get involved in those channels. We're super active, especially on Twitter as well, and then on our own Twitter pages too, Mm -hmm. um, arguing with each other and other people. Um, it's good fun so if you want to get around that on uh, Twitter as well um, get involved alright that wraps it up Uh, anything else from you Kate? no have a good weekend alright we'll talk to you next week catch ya